Good morning, sons and daughters of the Most High God. Welcome. I hope you're well. I'd like to invite you to join me in the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation. The revelation of Jesus Christ that was given to John. The book of Revelation. There's only one revelation. If you hear somebody say revelations, they didn't read well. There's no S on the end. It's one revelation. It's revelation of Jesus that was given to John. Chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4. That's right after chapter 3. In case you haven't. Before chapter 5, in case you're having some difficulty there. Just thought I'd help you out. In case it's a slow morning for you. Chapter 4, verse 1. This morning I want to talk about uh, Jesus being worthy. And we sang the song, Worthy as a Lamb. And so I want to kind of tag in with that song and tie in uh, the message with that today. It says, And after this I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. And the voice I first heard speaking to me, like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must first take place after this. At once I was in the Spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. Hey, was there anybody else in, in the New Testament that uh, was in the Spirit and all of a sudden went to heaven? Anybody remember whose name that was? This is a pop quiz. It's not going to be on the final exam, but it's a pop quiz this morning. Who else went to heaven in the spirit and saw some things too wonderful to tell? What was his name? Starts with a P? Paul. Paul there you go. Great, great. Paul, Paul. Okay. And, and then there was another story of heaven opening up in front of the, in front of the boys. Uh, and, and we call it the what? The Mount of Transfiguration. That's right. And so you had Peter, James, and John. You had them up on the mountain, right? And the heavens opened up, and Moses and Elijah and Jesus were having a conversation. That's pretty cool, right? So the heavens can open, and here John's on the island of Patmos. He's been exiled there, and he gets this revelation. And while he's receiving this revelation, this, this information, this, the material he's supposed to write down, in the middle of that, he suddenly gets taken up in the spirit, and he sees things that he's not yet seen before, or more things. And once I was in the Spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven and someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of Jasper, Carnelian. A rainbow resembling an emerald encircled the throne. And surrounding the throne were 24 thrones, and seated on them were 24 elders. Why 24? How many hours a day are there? You read my email. Great. And so how many time zones are there around the world? There's 24, right? You read the email, right? Great. I was setting you up for this, for this morning. So apparently there's an elder in charge of every time zone. Right? Think about it. So there's worship going on of God all around the world all the time in all 24 time zones, just depending. And so apparently this, these, these guys are in charge of something that takes place. Not really sure what exactly, but there they are. There's 24 of them. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. And from the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings, and peals of thunder. And before the throne, seven lamps were blazing. And these are the seven spirits of God. Have you been reading lately about the strange sounds that the earth is making? 
people are hearing trumpet sounds and loud booms and, and, they, and they can't find anything going on. They, matter of fact, this week they called the FBI into Pennsylvania to investigate these strange sounds that people are hearing. Probably so many people have called in and said, what's going on? And nobody's blasting. You can't see them you know, building a, a new subdivision next to your subdivision. You know, none of that's going on, right? If you've ever experienced that for three years, you know what that feels like, right? Weird things are going on with the earth. Well, here we have flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder and so forth. And these are the seven spirits of God. Also before the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. In the center around the throne were four living creatures. So you got the seven lamps that are blazing, which represent the seven spirits of God. You got the four living creatures. And then you've got 24 elders all hanging out around the throne. Can somebody do the math on that? Here's the mathematician. You've got 24 plus 4 plus 7. 35. That was quick, yeah. <laughs> Good job. Okay. So we know in heaven this, uh, you get A plus, you get an extra piece of candy today. <laughs> we, we know there's, there's 35 folks hanging around the throne here, right? And so I looked and said, and it says, the four living creatures, they were covered with eyes in front and in back. They can keep an eye on things, like a mom. <laughs> were you raised with one of those kind of moms? You were over here doing something, and, and you know you're probably not supposed to be doing it. She's in another, she's in another state. And she calls you and says, stop doing what you're doing. I, I know you're about to do something. Moms just have that, they have eyeballs in the back of their heads. So. so these creatures have eyes everywhere, so they can keep an eye on things, right? The first living creature was like a lion, the second like an ox, and the third had the face of a man, the fourth was like a, frying, a flying eagle. We're not even going to go there. It's a lot of conversation there. And each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under his wings. Yeah. Open their wings and take a look. See? Day and night, they never stopped saying what? Read this with me. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. That's their job. All day long. That's all they sing. I heard a preacher say, this was years ago, that said that he thinks that the reason the angels say holy, holy, holy is every time God does something holy, every time he acts in righteousness and purity and knowledge and wisdom and understanding, every time he does that, the angels say holy, 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 holy. So that's why they're constantly saying holy, 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 holy. It's because God's always doing something marvelous and wonderful and amazing. Holy, holy, holy. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and they worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they were created and have their being. So we see a song that's being sung. In Revelation there are quite a few songs. Some of them are only a verse long. Some of them are, might be a couple of verses long. But these are songs that are being sung. And they're being sung right now. As we were singing our song, Worthy is the Lamb, right? They were singing their song along with us. And so I imagine heaven is, is, is just a giant concert with, with, all the, with all the congregations that are singing songs right now this morning. Those are all in the presence of God. 
and God's enjoying all those songs simultaneously with all the creatures and elders and everybody else that's singing songs. There's a passage in the Bible that says, and heaven was silent for about an hour. That must have been really strange and odd for them because apparently in the throne room where worship takes place, it's never silent. There's just worship going on all the time, 24-7. Isn't that beautiful? But apparently at some point in heaven there was a point of silence. That's a whole other message. Chapter 5. Then I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll with writing on both sides and sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scrolls? Now I know, I know, I know at Christmas time you're going to see little bitty, chubby, fat, Baby angels on something somewhere. You may even have them hanging on your Christmas tree. Little fat, chubby baby angels. You've seen those, right? I want you to know that's real cute (coughs) for advertising, but that's not reality. Angels are not short, cute, chubby babies with little bitty wings. They're They're not flapping around. There's nothing sweet about them. An angel's job is to do God's will. And that may be to draw a sword and take some folks out. It may be to protect the throne from, a, from an enemy's attack, spiritual attack. They're, they're fierce. And here we have this, this angel, this mighty angel. See, it doesn't say chubby angel, right? You see that, right? Tommy, you got that? Ain't no chubby baby angels, baby. You know what I'm saying? It was a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice. A lot louder than I can get. A loud voice. Who's worthy to break the seal of the scroll? But no one in heaven on earth or any other could open the scroll, even look inside. I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll and look inside. John wanted to see what's going on. What's on the scroll? Why is it so important? Why is he holding his hand? I want to see. Then one of the elders said to me, and that's what elders do. They come along beside you and comfort you and lead you in the right path. Do not weep. See, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He's able to open the scroll and its seven seals. And then I saw a lamb, worthy as the lamb, looking as if he had been slain, standing in the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out to all the earth. He came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne, and when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Where do your prayers go? The presence of God. Don't ever discount any prayer you pray. Last week I told you a great prayer is just saying, simply saying, yes, Father. Wake up in the morning and just simply say, yes, Father. That's a great prayer. Sometimes that may be all you have is a yes. You may be going through one of those difficult days or weeks or, or months or years. Simply say yes. It's a great prayer. Your prayers go before God as an incense before him. Why is it an incense before him? Because when you pray, you're, you're, you're telling God you recognize that he is God and that you're trusting in him. Your prayers matter. Even the one-word prayers matter to God. And they come before him as incense. And they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain and your blood 
With your blood, you purchased men from God from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. And then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousand times ten thousands. There was a song that was written years ago because he could have called ten thousand angels. That's where that came from. But ten thousand times ten thousand times more angels times more angels is more than ten thousand. He, he could have called a hundred million angels, whatever the number would be. He only needed one angel. But he could have called as many as he wanted to. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders and loud voice saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Now, why was Jesus, this is talking about Jesus, why was he receiving power, wealth, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, and praise? Why was he receiving it? Why was, he, why was it given back to him? And here's why. It's because he laid all that down for you. He set aside power, wealth, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, and praise. He set all that aside in heaven. He said, Dad, I'm going to leave this with you. I've got some work to take care of. And he came and humbled himself and became obedient as a man, the Bible says in Philippians. And he lived his life as a man, fully man, fully God. He lived his life as a man among us. But he set those, they're called divine prerogatives, things he could have chosen. But he left those at home. And he came and said, I'm going to live my life in the spirit. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving all these God tools here. And I'm going to go live my life in the spirit, which is how we're to live our lives, is in the spirit. And he set those down. And now they're saying you're worthy to receive them back because you lived a sinless life. Then I heard every creature in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, and on the sea, and all that was in them singing, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. And the full living creature said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshiped. I want to talk about Jesus being worthy. I've got six points. And guess what? They're going to spell what? Worthy. worthy. Y'all are quick. Y'all learn quick. Okay? Spell worthy. Why is Jesus worthy? First thing is because he was wounded for our sins. He was wounded for our transgressions, it says in Isaiah. Jesus chose to be wounded because of your sin and my sin. Jesus chose that. I will be wounded for you. He died on the cross for us. So he's worthy of our praise. If we could just stop right there with that first point. He's worthy of us praising him. He's worthy of us living our lives for him. He's worthy of us going out and telling other people what he's done for us. He's worthy because he was wounded for our transgressions. He never sinned. He, he, he took our beating. It'd be like driving down the road. and Daniel and I were driving down the road. And we were listening to a ball game. And Georgia was whooping up on Alabama. Uh-uh. Uh, Tennessee. <laughs> Vanderbilt. Okay, we'll go with Vanderbilt. <laughs> Somebody was winning the game. And I got a little excited and pressed down the gas a little too fast, right? And all of a sudden, the blue lights lit up, and the police pulled me over. Came up to the car, said, uh, do you know why I pulled you over? I said, uh, probably because I was speeding. Yes, you were. And so he began writing me a ticket, and he wrote the ticket out, $100. Man, it's a big ticket. I, he said, it's $100 or 30 days in jail. I said, okay. So 
I went before the judge to pay the fine. I said, Your Honor, Daniel went with me. He's a great guy. He wanted to support his pastor. He went with me. We're standing there, and the judge said, It'll be $100 or 30 days in jail. And I said, Your Honor, I don't have $100. He said, It's 30 days in jail. I said, But Your Honor, I'm a pastor. I'm important. I've got things to do. I've got, I've got a dentist appointment. You know, I've got to, got to get these things done. And he said, It was 30 days in jail, $100. What's it going to be? And this time, Daniel stepped up because he's a stand up guy. He said, I'll pay it. And he gives the judge $100. And the judge says, case is closed because Daniel paid the fine. So who is guilty of speeding? Who is guilty of speeding? You are. Yeah, yeah. Who, who paid the fine? Daniel. Daniel did. What a great guy. You see, we were, we were guilty of sinning, but Jesus paid the fine. We were guilty. We stood before the judge and he said, Jim, you're guilty. Of all these sins in your life. And Jesus stepped in and said, but yeah, I'll pay that with my blood. He was wounded for our transgressions. Secondly, he was completely obedient to the Father. Every day of Jesus' life, he was completely obedient to the Father. And probably to Joseph, his real father. Can't you just imagine Mary looking at the other boys? Saying, why can't y'all be like Jesus? <laughs> James, stop messing around. Be like Jesus, right? Can't you, can't you be like Jesus? He was completely obedient to his father. It says in Isaiah 53 that he was obedient. It says in Philippians he was obedient even unto death. He was obedient to his father. He's worthy because he obeyed his father. Everything father said to do, he did. As a matter of fact, Jesus says of himself, he said, I only say what the father tells me to say and how to say it. The inflections in his voice was how God told him to say it. It's great obedience. Third thing. He redeemed us from eternity in hell. He redeemed us from eternity in hell. If for no other reason that we serve God and worship him and honor him in every way that we can is that he redeemed us from a certain life in hell. You know, heaven is real. You've seen those books. Hell is real also. Is a place of torment for those who reject God. But he redeemed you from that. He bought you back. It says, with his blood, he purchased. He purchased men and women and teenagers and boys and girls. And he made us to be a kingdom of priests to serve him and worship him. He redeemed us from hell. And if for no other reason, every day you need to wake up and say, God, thank you. Thank you. I, I, wor I worship you. You're worthy. I honor you because you redeem me from hell. I'm not going to spend eternity in hell. I will spend it with you. That one thing alone should make us worship God and work for him and serve him. Fourth thing. Not only did he redeem us, but he transformed us. He transformed us into a new creation and is transforming us into his likeness. That's what he's doing in our lives. Hey, when something comes into your life and, and it makes you feel uncomfortable, Look at it and say, well, maybe God's, maybe God's got plans for this. And he wants me to, maybe he wants me to grow in my faith. See, God's not so much concerned with our comfort as he is our character. And when, and when life happens to us, when life comes into our lives, when you look at it and say, okay, God, what must I do? What must I learn? How can I change in this process? Now, I don't think God sends horrible things to people. I don't believe God does that. As a father, I would never do that. I would never give my children a snake when they ask for bread, as it says in the scripture. But when life happens to us, 
God steps in and says, let's do something with this. Let's see what we can do with this. Because God's always at work in our lives. Always at work in our lives to try to, to, try to conform us to his image. So when life happens, and it's going to happen, if you've got any age on you, you know that. When life happens, say, God, how can I be more like Jesus in this situation? How can I become more like Christ in what I'm going through in this situation? <clears throat> He's transformed us in a new, into a new creation. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 3.18, He continues to transform us from glory into glory into glory. And what is glorious is who Jesus is. He's constantly refining us unless we rebel. If you rebel, it ain't going to happen. Say, Jesus, I don't want to be like you at all. He says, fine, that's good. I'll come back when you're ready. But if you say, I want to be more like Christ in this situation, Jesus says, great, I'll enter into your life. Fifth thing is, Jesus is worthy of our praise and our glory and our honor because he is holy. Jesus is holy. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Jesus has always been holy, who was. Jesus has always been holy, who is. Jesus will always be holy, who is to come. Holy, holy, holy. Jesus is worthy of our praise because he is holy. And then lastly, Jesus is worthy of our praise because we look to him and say, you created all things. You created all things. You created all things. It says in the scripture, you, create, you created everything that is. And not only did you create everything that is, you hold it all together. In Colossians it says that he created it and he holds it all together. He holds this earth together. Whatever groaning the earth is doing right now and all these sounds that it's making, right? All the volcanoes and you know strange things that we see taking place. God created all that. And it's still under his control. He still holds it together. You know, if our earth wasn't in the exact spot that it's in, if it were five miles this way or five miles that way out in space, we wouldn't be sitting here, at least not in this form. We may be some sort of E.T. alien of some description that could stand the heat or the cold. But God put it in the exact right orbit so that we could enjoy what we call earth and enjoy the things that we're going to enjoy this afternoon and tomorrow and the rest of the week. God made that. So we say, you created all things. That's a great prayer to pray in the morning when you wake up. God, you created everything. Thank you. That's a great prayer to pray. It comes before God, and you've honored him. Jesus is worthy. Worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. Hey, you're part of God's creation. He created you. He created you. You are part of the creation. And every one of you, as we say in France, are fabulous, right, in God's eyes. You're all his favorite. You're all fabulous. You're all amazing in his eyes because he created you. You've heard the old saying, it's really trite, but God don't make junk. He doesn't. He doesn't. God does not make junk. He made you. And he made you unique for a purpose. And there's something about you that this world needs. Hey, there's something about you this church needs. There's something about you that the person sitting beside you needs. 
and when we dismiss him just a little bit, there's something about you that somebody else in this room needs from you today. Just walk up to him and say, I don't know why I'm standing in front of you, but I'm supposed to tell you, you are God's favorite. Or you're fabulous. Or I like that dress. Or that's loud. <laughs> that's an inside joke <coughs> with, between George and Jackie. But I don't want to bring that in because that's marriage counseling at that point. <laughs> It has to do with her pretty top, which I think is absolutely beautiful. But George seems to think it's loud, so let's have a little counseling session right here. We can work this thing out. And I told you I would. We need to get George a matching one, absolutely. Yeah, we're going to get him a shirt that matches that one. I love it. But there's something this morning that we all need to give away to somebody. God made us that way. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you for these amazing scriptures that we find in, the, in your revelation that you gave us. Thank you. Jesus, you are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. And we give you praise and honor and glory. Father, we just, we just honor you with all that we are this morning. And Father, I pray for those who are here who who their spiritual tank may be empty or almost empty or running on fumes, Father. We pray for them. Father, just ask you to fill them up this morning. Just fill them with your presence. Father, for those who are here this morning with their, their tank completely full and overflowing, I just pray that it would spill out on all of us this morning, that we could rejoice in that. You are so worthy of our honor and praise. Regardless of where our spiritual tank is, you're still worthy. So we invite you to have your way with us. Come, Holy Spirit, have your way with us. Come have your way with us. Teach us, guide us, direct us, correct us, encourage us, strengthen us, comfort us. Come, Holy Spirit. Be to us this morning all that, all that you want to be. We open our hearts and we say yes. We say yes, Holy Spirit, yes. We pray in Jesus' name.